of people. Hello. 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 <laughs> uh, we're the Weird Gower. Bothwell is laughing at me. <laughs> she did a three, two, one countdown and then gave us the bird on number one, which I thought was hilarious and, you know, rude. It was good. And mature as hell. And yeah. Nina has always been accused of being mature. As hell. As hell. Um, that- yeah, we're, we're weird. You're listening. We talk about weird things. We make weird things. Today, we're making things out of soap. I'm Nina. I'm uh, Bothwell. I'm Rhea. <sighs> Feeling chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we're making things out of soap, and today we're talking about trapped. Let me out. Never. Bothwell <laughs> okay. is currently trapped in my computer screen. So is Rhea. <laughs> trapped behind the Skype song. Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. I'm glad we've come back to that. Yeah. I, it felt like it had been a while. We yeah. needed to bring it back up. Um, do we have anything else to say today before we jump straight in? Probably not, because we've just been talking for half an hour before we started. I think we've covered everything. We've said hi. We've talked about being trapped. We've talked about soap. What more do they want? We say goodbye and we're done. Yeah, cool. Bye. Thanks for listening. Love you. <laughs> um, okay, I am going foist. So I am going to tell you, I because you loved my list last week so much, I'm doing another list. List. Because I love a list format. So I'm just going to give you some short instances of people being trapped. But not our instances. Because that would be rude. What? <laughs> you did a tiny <laughs> synopsis of what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I probably won't, no. These oh, are all, probably, they're all very probably brief. won't. Well, I checked the names and I hopefully haven't. <laughs> oh, well, fingers crossed, eh? It's all sounding very positive. <laughs> okay, let's go. So, my first one is stuck in a traffic cone. Oh, oh classic. Been, been there. Classic British thing to do. So, in 2013, a man in Hemel Hempstead thought he'd have a bit of fun by sticking a traffic cone on his head. Oh, hilarious. What an absolute comedian. High jinx indeed. Sounds <laughs> like a lad. What a lad. But to his dismay, the large cone slid down over and past his shoulders, entombing him in plastic. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Dumbled around for more than two hours before anyone bothered to call police. What? Yeah. Wait, wait was he just outside on the street? That's yeah, what it apparently makes it sound like. <gasps> on his own, going, I'll have a laugh now and put this on my head. This will be funny. For who? For who? For whom? For whom will it be funny? <laughs> also, why did they need to call the police? <laughs> There's a man with a cone on his head. There's Maybe a cone on stealing his legs. This cone's grown legs. I don't know what to do. Police come and help it me. Um, so a witness to the incident captured it all on his cell phone and he said it was very random. It's not the usual thing you see in the middle of Hemel Hempstead on a Sunday lunchtime. Is it not? On a Sunday lunchtime. <laughs> this man's not even fucking stumbling home drunk from the club. He's just it's... having some really nice lunch. Yeah, so if he actually had it on for two hours... Like 10 a.m. on a Sunday, you know, when you just get out of church and you're like, that's, that's, that's. yeah, because you've had the body of Christ. Sorry, the blood of Christ. <laughs> this man was fucked up on communion wine, stuck a cone on his head. <laughs> I like how we presume he's religious because it happened on a Sunday. Well, I mean, I yeah. think I think what actually happened is he went to um, the spoons of weather. for their breakfast the spoons of hemel yeah Um, for listeners not in the uk weatherspoons is a really cheap shitty pub brand brand chain in the uk they're shit but they open really really early yeah 
you can get your drink on as soon as you roll out of bed. Bad alcoholics. Yeah. It's depressing. It's cheap. I used to go there for a fry up sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so next is another one where something slipped past the shoulders and they've got stuck. But this time it's a... Barney the dinosaur costume head. Oh, no, yeah. amazing. An Alabama teenager called Darby Risner was trying to pull a prank by wearing a Barney costume. What a prank! Oh, hilarious! I know. Just like that code man. When the mask got stuck on her head and shoulders, her friends tried to help her out, and of course, being teenagers, they took a video and posted it on Twitter. Oh, teenagers oh. are the best. I mean, when they were. You say that, but I'm I'm entirely convinced that if I did that, you guys would would film it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I would deserve it too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So when they were unsuccessful in helping to get her out, they took her to a local fire station where firefighters removed the mask. Sounds easy enough. Yeah. yeah. It took 45 minutes. What? How? I don't but know. she glued it on. It Did was she have just... a very large head? She had very well. It was over her shoulders as well. So I don't, I don't know how, but it happened. Yeah, <laughs> there's video proof. So Lieutenant Vince Bruno of Trustville Fire and Rescue told CNN, "When she first got there, we looked at it, and it was tight. It had come down around her shoulders and was holding her arms." which looked kind of like dinosaur arms because she could bend from the elbows down and it was a little comical. Oh, oh, this guy is a ledge. <laughs> and you can see videos on it if you like Google stuck Barney head. Um, and there's some photos where there's her, her. There were two photos that were amazing. One was her friends had taken a picture of them in the car like about to leave to go to the fire department so someone's in the driving seat and then there's just a barney head in the passenger seat and then the other one was at the fire department was her like sat there with her arm her hands up in the air like i don't know how this happened and a firefighter sat next to her absolutely pissing himself just like just this is what i signed up for this job for yeah well i i assume it would be i mean not saving lives Pulling, pulling people out of Barney's. Yeah. 100%. Um, so next is stuck in a cash machine. <laughs> Wait. Oh. Do you mean like as in one of those ones in the wall? Like a hole in the wall? It's a drive through ATM. What? That sounds like a crime. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds I, like code for robbing a bank. I did put a like little asterisk next to the bit where it says drive through ATM. Like, what the fuck is a drive through ATM? It's obviously like, money, please. And some a kind of <laughs> some kind of American not getting out of my car thing. They love a car. They love to be in the car and not leave the car. They love it's to true. drive through things. Yeah. Drive in things. On things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of us drive on things. All right. Yeah. So a Texas man found himself trapped inside a cash machine, slipped help me notes through the receipt slot. Ah! Genius. <gasps> so he was working on the renovation of the bank, but left his phone in his car before he got stuck in the drive through ATM. Uh, police thought it was a hoax before kicking in the door to get him out. Yeah, How secure? You think it was a hoax. How secure is this fucking drive through ATM if you can kick down the door I mean well, yeah I don't, I don't know maybe he could have tried kicking it in from the inside I don't know <laughs> I don't know maybe he could have tried getting out himself yeah like maybe one handwritten note slipped by the trap man to a customer said please help I'm stuck in here and I don't have my phone please call my boss with his boss's number on it and he was freed after spending more than two hours inside the machine Oh, that's very strange. <laughs> I don't know the, what to make of that story. My favourite thing about that story was at the bottom of it, you know, on news websites where they recommend you new like things similar. Mm. This was on the BBC website. Underneath this, it said 
like ATMs, here's more ATM stories. They thought I was reading that because it was about an ATM. That's amazing. Not about someone getting stuck in a weird place. Hey, I hear you like ATMs. Come get that hot ATM gossip. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Um, There's a quick one about a man getting stuck in a washing machine. An Australian man hid inside a top-loading washing machine to surprise his partner. Oh, (gasps) why? No. (laughs) That's quite claustrophobic inducing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, He's fine. Firefighters, paramedics and a search and rescue squad were called to help him with the situation. Search and rescue? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because they couldn't figure out where he was in the washing machine. (laughs) Now, if he was playing hide and seek... He's yeah. got to have won if you're calling search and rescue. Oh, yeah, for sure. It took 20 minutes for them to dislodge him using olive oil as a lubricant. Oh. Is that what they had oh. on hand? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> that, um, is that what search and rescue turn up with? Yeah, in, their, the olive oil. in their supplies bag. Um. Their next one is a baby swing. There are so many fucking photos and stories about people being stuck in baby swings. So, just a little bit of advice: don't try don't. getting a baby swing. Okay, cool. You're not the size of a baby. You're never going to be again. Just leave it alone. All right. That's depressing. <laughs> is it? Do you want to be the size of a baby? I might at some point. I don't like any sort of finality of like, you definitely can never do this again. I mean, once you're bones, we can put you in a baby swing if you want. I, I would appreciate that. Thank you very much. I don't I don't want to be there for that. Are, okay. we, are we planning on boiling her flesh off? No, just waiting until it's gone. But that's a... How... That shouldn't take too long. Do that thing when we, you know, leave me on top of a mountain. Yeah. Oh. Sky burial. Yeah, that was my, my preferred way to go after we discussed it in the um, whichever Just podcast it was. Yeet her up a mountain. Yeah. Okay, well, well, fine. We'll yeet you up the mountain. Catapult. I'm not carrying you up. <laughs> so, 20-year-old man made a $100 bet with his friends that he could fit into a baby swing at a park. Um, it's reported that he lubed himself up with liquid laundry detergent before jamming himself into the swing uh, about nine in the evening but he got stuck, his legs swelled, and he couldn't get out. And then his friends abandoned him until 6am the next day. What? Oh, get new friends. And they didn't even go back. He was found by a groundskeeper <gasps> nine hours later, screaming what? for help. Yeah. His friends are dicks. Yeah. Um firefighters tried to free him but ultimately they had to take him to hospital still in the swing oh. uh, and he sustained non-life threatening injuries to his body but there's no word yet on the condition of his ego well I said the paper yeah I get it I, I, I feel so awful about his friends yeah he, I, he learned a valuable lesson that day I'm sure yeah, I bet he did. Like, which is no one loves you. <laughs> oh, or get, just those guys aren't my friends. Yeah, find someone who does. Um. Okay, we're ramping it up now because okay. next, uh, we've got in 2014 a young American in Germany had to be rescued by 22 firefighters after getting trapped inside a giant vagina sculpture. Oh yeah, I've heard of this one. Wait. <laughs> so it's artwork by the Peruvian artist Fernando de la Jara called Making Love um, oh. and it's been in place since 2001 and according to the artist the sculpture is, uh, that's made out of marvel is meant to signify the gateway to the world oh Police that's, can... that's what I call mine that's my nickname <laughs> <laughs> he got it from you <laughs> Police confirmed that the firefighters turned midwives delivered the student by hand and without the application of tools. Huh. What? So he was never really that stuck in the first place. What was the sculpt? Yeah, we sure he was stuck. I said, I've got a picture. I'll show you the picture. So I think 
I don't know why there was 22 of them. They probably just all wanted to have a look. But, but so there's a picture. We'll post it on social media. I think he like climbed in and then slid down to a point where his legs got stuck. So he probably oh. just needed people to help pick him up. I see. And the uh. mayor of the city that it was in said that he struggled to imagine how the accident could have happened even when considering the most extreme adolescent fantasies to reward such a masterly achievement with the use of 22 firefighters almost pains my soul. Oh, oh, <laughs> what, a, what a, yes, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that may yeah. is just like, I'm so over this fucking place. I get it. So over that university. Um, okay, I got two left. And you know where we're going now. It's uh, toilet time. Toilet oh, time. yeah, it's been. I mean, we're already a good how many minutes into the podcast, and no one's mentioned butts. It's odd. I gotta, I gotta do it. Yeah. So, in 2016, a Norwegian man dropped his phone into a public toilet while using it, and his friend, Mr. Bernsten Bernsten Larsen, volunteered to Bernsten Burn. Mr. Larsen volunteered to enter the tank, which is not connected to the sewer. The 20-year-old quickly threw up after entering the tank as he sunk thigh deep into its contents and had to spend an hour completely enclosed in the small area that is only emptied once a season. Oh. Oh, no. Afterwards, he told a newspaper... No, 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 no. I panicked because I hate confined spaces. Yeah, that's why. Why are you getting in a toilet if you hate confined spaces? A toilet that's emptied once a season. He described himself as apparently Dumb. thin enough to go down, but not thin enough to come up again. Oh. <laughs> he sustained injuries to his upper arms and said he believed he had been bitten several times. What? He, he said there were things in there. It must have been rats. What else is going to be in a septic tank? Aliens. Okay. Well, I'm not sure then the antibiotics that he was given at hospital would be much help. But No, I agree with you. They didn't really think about all the possibilities. (laughs) And firefighters were forced to destroy the toilet, which is now out of service. He was not successful in retrieving the phone. It's now out of service because it's been destroyed. Yeah. And I have a photo of him... Just his little hands popping out the toilet there. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that so... That terrifies me. Oh, there's going to be so much... Oh, no. I'd, <laughs> really rather, I'd rather stand in the poop up to my waist than be in something that enclosed. Yeah. I mean, there's no... There's a hole. You're getting out of it. Like, there's yeah, no lid that, on that. Look how small it is. And oh. this is the this is the aftermath. <laughs> And the broken toilet, (laughs) which is why it's no longer in use. Well, uh, what? Uh, Hopefully, no one was using it whilst he was in there. (laughs) But also, like, just buy a new fucking phone. Yeah, part of my language, but it wasn't his phone. It was his friend's phone, and he just Uh, decided to get straight in. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. You're no. going to love this one. No. This is my last one. <laughs> this, no. is, this is just chef's kiss. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful love story. So it's stuck out of a window. It's not stuck in a toilet. So don't panic too much. In Bristol, a woman became wedged in a toilet window that she climbed out of on a first date. After having a nice evening together at Nando's. Liam Smith and his unnamed date went back to his house for a bottle of wine and film. I feel like I need to clarify here that he's a university, they're uni, they're uni students, so that's why they were having a nice first date at Nando's. Oh, okay, so they went out, went back to his house, bottle of wine and a film, and then the woman went to the toilet, and when she came back, she had a panicked look in her eye oh, God. as she told him what she had done. Oh, God. The toilet window in Liam's flat opened into a narrow gap that was separated by another double glazed window. And he said, 
it was into this twilight zone that my date had thrown her poo. What? (laughs) Why? (laughs) How was that ever necessary? So she panicked after it wouldn't flush. And apparently she decided that lobbing the log was the next best course of action. Oh, sweet Lord. But it became stuck on the window ledge. Oh! And somehow a poop that doesn't flush was more embarrassing to her than one that she threw out of a window because she immediately went and confessed to him. Uh, I mean, I would never be in that situation. But I can tell you now that if that did happen, there wouldn't be time to speak to him. I would have walked out the door. But then again, this is why you never poop anywhere that isn't your house. You just leave. I mean... I'd probably just leave it in the toilet, but if I didn't, you'd just leave. Or just like bury it in toilet paper. Do you know what I mean? In the toilet, like but it won't flush. You weigh it down with lots of toilet paper. Yeah, it Are you it, holding toilet you're, paper really? You're just clogging <laughs> it more. Well, I'd just fucking leave the house. I'd just go. You'd have not, to go get a stick. I'm not I'll tell you what I'm not doing is picking it up. And lobbing it out the window. No. Lobbing no. it anywhere. No. <laughs> what you'd have no. to do is get a stick and make it go down. Where are you getting a stick from in someone's bathroom in a flat? I'm <laughs> leaving the flat and coming back with a stick. How are you justifying uh, that? I'm going to say there's a big fucking poo <laughs> in the toilet <laughs> and I need a stick. <laughs> do you have a poop knife? You're definitely getting that second date. I can tell you that now. So after she confessed, he went to find a hammer to smash the window, but she decided to just climb in headfirst after the offending package. What? And and that's when she became wedged in the window. Oh, my God. (laughs) I fucking love this girl. I I don't know if she can be helped. I don't know if she can be helped. Yeah. Liam said, I was starting to grow concerned, so I called the fire brigade, and once they had composed themselves, they set to work removing her from the window. Did they remove the turd as well? We'll get to that. Although the woman... I'm glad that that's what you care about. (laughs) What if that poor guy just has a poo stuck in between (laughs) his windows forever? That's going to impact future dates, of which he probably would like to have some, because he's probably not seeing her again. Wait for well, it to dry it's out. Got to be an art installation, doesn't it? Wait for wow. it to dry out. Get a litter picker. Get a grabby claw. One of those dinosaur grabby claws. Oh. Cover it in glitter and make something of it. Guys, just poop at home. Just poop at home, guys. So, although she was rescued unharmed, Liam said his bathroom window was destroyed in the process. Um, he said, I'm not complaining. They did what they had to do. Fair enough. But he started a crowdfunder to raise £200 towards the £300 cost of replacing the window because he's a student on a tight budget. But he ended up raising more than £1,200. So he and his date decided to split the extra cash between two charities, one supporting firefighters and another that builds and maintains flushing toilets in developing countries. Oh, so what he can... Sorry, it's the realisation of what this person's done just hit And when asked if there was another date on the cards, Liam replied, I'm really busy with my dissertation at the moment, but as to what the future holds, I don't know. She was certainly a very, very nice girl. And the status of the poo, uh, it was retrieved before she was rescued. Oh, they saved the turn before her. <laughs> She she saved the turd, I think, before they turned up. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, you died. Oh, my God. You just, you die. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever leave the house again. Can you see who she is online? Is she, like, named? No, she's unnamed. Oh, thank God. She stayed unnamed. Yeah, well, you would, wouldn't you? But he's not unnamed. He's, like, on video. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't about throw his, his date. poo out of a window, did he? So he can... He can go on camera anywhere. I think he did say they finished the bottle of wine afterwards, but then she went home. Fucking incredible. Uh, Jesus. You would want to finish the wine, though. 
Like you would want oh, yeah. to finish the wine. I'd leave her stuck there while I'm waiting for the firefighters and just down that wine by myself. Oh, well, I mean, messaging everyone I know. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I think I think I would feel awful for her. <laughs> but she did kind of bring it on herself by trying to throw a shit out someone's window. Right. Right. What if what yeah. if it wasn't that situation? She's just throwing that into someone's garden. Yeah. If it was successful, you're just throwing a shit into either your date or your date's neighbour's garden. Yeah. Or the street. Yeah. And and let's be honest, just generally, she's throwing shit. That in of itself, irrespective of where she's planning on sending it, is a big red flag. It's a big red flag. <laughs> You know, you know, know when you do a big warning and it's stuck and you don't know what to do, so you just think, "Oh, just pick it out of there, put it out the window." Oh, where did that? Where did that logic come from? I I can't. It's so incredible. Nando's induced sense of insanity. Thank you for enriching our lives with that story, (laughs) Nina. I love that. I I think that's great. I think she must feel so fucking humiliated, though. I think I think I, she must like. I I bet she thinks about that every day. <laughs> I don't know. Would. I feel like that's something that for like ten years it would haunt me. But then after that, I just tell my friends because I'd be like, that's hilarious. Yeah, like my I went myself mm. in a club story. I'm proud yeah. of that now. I think that's funny. But I was very ashamed of it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it was a secret. Secret peeing. I'm, I'm done, guys. That's my, that's the pinnacle of being trapped for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Hanging, she would have had to be hanging. Her, her face was hanging over that window ledge. <laughs> staring directly at what she'd done. That's so... I'm um, haunted. Like when your parents are like, that. "Look at what you've done." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, some firefighters are gonna look as well. Yeah. And, oh, and your date. This oh. dude you fancy? Oh, oh. Can you? Oh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, on. We'll let Bob's go. Oh, Bob's, bring it, bring it back down. Uh, this is a very different tone. Damn <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, I've conducted at least three studies. No, I haven't. About throwing poo out of windows. No, no, I'm getting out. Although, actually, a toilet does appear in this story. Um, oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I've just had an idea. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's put a poll when we post this. Um, would you, if yes. you were on first date and and you sh- your shit cl- clogged the toilet, would you attempt to throw it out the window? <laughs> Just yes or no. Can yeah. we have? Oh, can we not have some options? Like, would you A, leave, B, go back into the room and be like, I'm really sorry, but the flush doesn't seem to be working on your bathroom. I'm really sorry about that. Or C, start fishing around, get it out, and then squeeze it between two windows <laughs> for the world to see, like some sort of museum exhibition. I like to picture it more of a kind of shot put movement oh. rather than squeezing. Oh. <laughs> How did it land between the two? Oh, do you know what? I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it was a weird okay. window situation. It was like a window and then a window. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to do a poll. It's going to be amazing. Um, but yes. Watch out for that, poll. guys. Please, um, please do. We want to know. <laughs> I don't. What you do in that situation? Well, me and Rhea do. All so. right. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story now. And I want you to fasten your seatbelts because it's a heck of a ride. So we are talking about, I really want to pronounce his name correctly, Harrison Ojegba or Ojegba? O-D-J-E-G-B-A? Ojegba? Yeah. We don't know. No. The accidental aquanaut. 
So first of all, I'm going to tell you what an aquanaut is in case you don't know. But an aquanaut is someone who remains underwater, breathing at the ambient temperature, uh, sorry, ambient pressure for long enough concentration of the inert components of the breathing, breathing gas dissolved in the body tissues to reach equilibrium. So basically, you learn to kind of, I think, just, just breathe in a very sort of shallow way enough so that you are able to actually kind of sustain yourself at that level. And apparently this state is known as saturation. Um, usually it's done in an underwater habitat on the sea floor for a period equal or greater, um, equal to or greater than 24 hours. So it's um, like the saturation diving. Yes, exactly that. It's exactly what it is. Um, and the term is often restricted to scientists and academics and people who you would find in, you know, doing like the saturation diving and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about Harrison. Um, he was working as a cook on a Nigerian tugboat called the Jascon 4. And on the 25th of May, the Jascon 4 was in the Atlantic Ocean, stabilising an oil tanker at a Chevron platform in the Gulf of Guinea. So this is about 20 miles off the Nigerian coast. He and his colleagues um, went to kind of get some rest in the cabin at night. Um, and they tended to lock the doors from the outside for safety because ships were frequently attacked by pirates. Um, Harrison woke up early in the morning to go and cook breakfast. But before going to cook the meal, he went to visit the bathroom, as we do. Uh, so obviously went in there and shut the door. That act of shutting the door is what keeps him alive. Because at the same time that this is happening, an enormous wave hits the boat and causes it to capsize. So this is at about 5 a.m. He said it was around 5 a.m., and I was on the toilet when the vessel just started going down. The speed was so, so fast. Um, oh. Scrambling out, he was unable to reach an, emer an emergency exit hatch and watched in horror as three crew members were sucked into the churning sea. Oh. The water swept him into another toilet. And this is the bit that literally makes me, it makes my blood turn cold. As the boat plunged 98 feet or 30 metres into the freezing depths. Like, I just can't. Mm. I just can't. Um, he was also at this time only wearing his underpants. Well, I, it, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you don't need trousers for that, do you? No. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure why that's relevant. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you're in the world's most traumatics or one of the world's most traumatic situations and you're also in your undies i just feel that, like it's that's what would be injury. A, an issue to you it's insult to like, injury fuck i'm wearing my pants <laughs> and then he flung his poo at the window <laughs> no. um so again he said all around me was just black and noisy i was crying and calling on jesus to rescue me i prayed so hard um and it just sounds like it was absolutely terrified terrifying um like, on. Night, a nightmare real life it's literally nightmare. it's literally a nightmare so he was stuck in the bathroom breathing through kind of like a thin air pocket and he spent about a day there until he sort of um regained enough strength and composure to actually try to leave the room um it was pitch black so he sort of did his best to um kind of feel his way along the corridor through the darkness um, to the engineer's office and this room was about kind of 1.2 meters so three foot 11 in height um, and it contained air sufficient to kind of keep him alive so what he did there was he built a little platform for, platform for himself using a mattress and sort of other different materials and was able to keep the top half of his body out of water so this is another one of those things that actually managed to kind of help him survive because he was able to reduce heat loss by not being completely immersed in the water. Mm. So he would spend 60 hours, so almost three days, trapped in the dark at the bottom of the sea. Oh. Um, he has talked, obviously, as I've given you little interview snippets, you know he's getting out of this, but still... 
Um, he's talked about kind of the fear and psychological damage that he experienced during this time. He talked about the fact that, you know, he just prayed. It was all he felt like he was able to do. Um, and that he had really strong emotions. He felt despair, sorrow, loneliness. Um, but he did remember his family. And he said praying to Jesus was what kind of got him through. And he felt gave him the strength to keep going. So uh, three days after the accident, um, some South African divers were employed to investigate the scene and recover the bodies. Um, so they were employed by the parent company of the Jascon 4. So these divers included Nicholas van Heerden, Daryl Oosthuizen and Andre Erasmus. So they had kind of already had a chat about the boat. You know, they talked about how this mission was going to be quite a tough one, um, but they wanted to go and retrieve the bodies of the people that were on board. Um, so they managed to kind of get down um, and reach the sunken boat where they found it kind of totally disoriented and, and pretty much destroyed. Um, going through initially, they were able to find the corpses of four of the crew members. Um, they also tried knocking on the boat just to see if anybody was alive in there and would be able to kind of knock back out, you know, kind of creating sounds. At which point he actually heard them. Mm. He heard the sounds of them knocking and he responded back by like hammering on the doors really, really hard um, as much as he could. But they seemed to not hear him. That they would be fucking them. terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. he know... Did he know it was people or he's just like heard fucking creepy noises? Well, I mean, I think there's only so many. It's not going to be like fish knocking on the boat. <laughs> I think, yeah, it, it, I think it sounded like a knock. If you're like um, in pitch black, freezing cold, being alone for fucking days, like. I, I mean, yeah, I guess you could be quite disoriented. I, I suppose it, maybe it's just terrifying. the hope in him. It's like, you know, I'm yeah. hoping. Also, sorry, I totally, his name, I just said his first and middle name because it's actually Harrison O'Keen he's referred to as. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll call him Harrison. Um, but yeah, so he heard, you know, thinking the knocking, he tried to, he tried to kind of knock back, hammering on the door, um, but they didn't seem to hear him. However, it didn't last very long, his sort of sense of disappointment. A diver's light was approaching um now he was very harrison was kind of very hesitant to swim outside of the air pocket um didn't want to kind of startle any divers who might be armed in case you know they attacked not realizing it was him and not something else you know just they might be jumpy because it's a dark ship of nightmares at the bottom of the sea spoopy. Um, it is spoopy um so apparently what he did um he he basically it's kind of in his story he sort of let his arm float out near to the diver and where oh, he had a camera he then helpful he then waved his hand in front of the camera so that they'd be able to see the images above deck and they'd obviously be able to tell the diver there's someone there that's um, not helpful it's not less that's creepy is it less, yeah just let your like arm float around like a dead arm yeah um so one of the chaps on the boat, Paul McDonald, um, who was on the support vessel, said the diver walked in and at the back there was an air pocket he was sitting in. Um, how it wasn't full of water is anyone's guess. I would say someone was looking after him. Um, so the fact that he managed to survive this is is nuts. Um, you know, he's in a tiny air bubble, <laughs> basically about a metre thick, all by himself immersed in cold water um so they found him and he was still alive at this point which is great however there was a lot of concern about how they were going to get him to the surface so there were worries that he might panic during the rescue um and also his body may well have absorbed fatal amounts of nitrogen um, so his heart wouldn't have been able to pump kind of back on land because it was so full of gas. Um, they were getting advice from a woman called Christine Cridge, who was the medical director of the Plymouth based Diving Diseases Research Centre. So what they ended up doing was strapping him into diving equipment and then leading him to a diving bell, which took him to the surface. He would then spend two days in the decompression chamber. 
And he did pass out at one point whilst on the move, but, you know, that's fine. I would have just exploded and died within the first five minutes of the boat capsizing. Mm. (laughs) So in terms of his actual survival, lots of people have kind of talked about it and say to survive that long at that depth is phenomenal. Um, Normally you would dive recreationally in that kind of depth for no more than 20 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. Because of Um, the gases and... Yeah. He did have um, quite a, you know, a a strong reaction. He hadn't realised that nobody else had survived. So when he um, had reached the surface and and, and kind of gained a level of consciousness where they could talk to him and told him that the crew had passed away, he was distraught. In his own words, he said, they told me all the others had died and I cried because I thought I was the only one who had been trapped in the boat. So he thought everybody else had managed to escape and get out. That's why he was on his own. Um, immediately kind of, well, in, in the time following his ordeal, he did suffer from nightmares um, and a lot of peeling skin. But again, in his own words, daily helpings of his favourite banger soup dish, <laughs> a fish and palm fruit soup, um, helped him to feel much better. Um, in terms of going back in the sea at the time, he swore that he would never, ever go back in the ocean. However, he became a certified commercial diver in 2015. What? Um, yeah. And what was really nice is that the rescue diver who discovered him in at the bottom of the sea um, presented him with his diploma, which Aww. I thought was really lovely. Um, it was actually in, sorry, I, I should have said it was in 2013 that this incident happened. So that was only two years later. You can watch the footage of the moment that they find him in the ship. Um, mm. that is available on, on YouTube. I find it incredibly sad. Like it's, it, I know it's an amazing, wonderful thing that he was found. Um, I just think that the three days that he was alone there, I can't stand my company for more than like 10 minutes, you know, have to have a nap or something. <laughs> How he did it for three days. I do not know, but that is the incredible survival story of Harrison Ojegba O'Keen, who was stuck. 98 feet down at the bottom of the sea in a capsized boat. Gosh. Why did he become a diver? Well, maybe it's, uh, I'm not going to run away from my fears. I'm going to be, it doesn't mean he does it all the time, maybe. Just, you know. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. That's my story. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It is this, this, these bottom of the sea ones where... Yeah. It's just, you're just so alone. Don't be there. Don't be in space. No, no. Quite clear, guys. So uh, make sure you're following the rules. <laughs> you want to live? Follow the rules. Yeah. Don't that go where like you can't breathe. Classic. <laughs> okay, well, uh, it's my turn. So, um Mine is actually the story of Nicholas White. And on a Friday night in October in 1999, he he got trapped. It was the beginning of his ordeal. And uh, what he got trapped in was a lift. But no. Yeah. So he was 34 at the time and he was a production manager at Business Week and he was working late on a special supplement. Um, and But then it goes on to say that he just watched the Braves beat the Mets on television in the office pantry. So he was clearly working hard. <laughs> so anyway, to celebrate uh, the Braves winning, He went out for a cigarette. He told his colleague that he'd be right back. He left his jacket on his seat and he headed downstairs. So um, his office was on the 43rd floor of the McGraw Hill building, uh, which was um, it's described as an unadorned tower added to Rockefeller Center in 1972. But since I, 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 does it that does that just mean boring <laughs> yeah sounds like a business tower uh yeah so it's a, it's a people boring work at business week yeah it's a boring tower 
Okay. So he finishes his cigarette and he goes back to the lobby and the janitor waves him along. Um, so the janitor's like buffing the terrazzo floors um, and then Nicholas gets into car number 30, which is the elevator's name, even though I don't think I, I don't understand how many elevators they've got in this building. But anyway, he gets into car number 30. 30 sounds he, like a lot of elevators. Yeah. And he presses the button marked 43 because he wants to go to the 43rd floor where he works smart man yep he's clever um so the the lift starts to go and it's an express lift so there are no stops on this lift below the 39th floor okay Mm. and He's been working late, even though we know he was just watching a game. So the building is deserted, essentially, except for the janitor and this colleague that he said he'd be right back to. Yeah. So anyway, he feels a jolt in the lift and the lights go out. And then they come back on. But the elevator stopped. It didn't start moving again. So um, there was a a control panel and he, you know, was waiting to see if perhaps a voice would be like, hey, you're clearly stuck. We'll get you out in a little bit. Um, But nothing. There was nothing like the control panel made like a beep. And there was nothing. So he presses the intercom button. And again, doesn't hear any response. Oh. So he keeps trying for a little bit. He starts pacing around the lift. Um, and then he he presses the emergency button. This set off an alarm bell, but it was it was almost just like ding 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 ding. Like it's it's literally the bell is on the top of the lift box that he's in. Who designed this system? I don't know, a fucking idiot. Um, or a fucking psychopath or both I don't know Um, so anyway he's like so he tries ringing it um, and then he he, (laughs) this is so dumb he pulled the button out so the alarm was continuous so like he's got this alarm going continuously that only he can hear yeah, but he doesn't know that only he can well, hear it. Well, I guess it, it, it'll come into like play a bit later on, I suppose. Um, so anyway, he's stuck now. The alarm's continuous <sighs> and, and time's beginning to pass. He doesn't have his watch. He does not have his phone. So he can't call anyone. And the intercom obviously hasn't had anyone respond. So he's, he's trying to, you know, be calm, be all like, you know what, it's chill. I'll just wait. They'll figure it out. Um, You know, like he doesn't want to jostle the car or do anything or, you know, like he's just going to he's just going to wait. He's just going to be chill. Can't do much else, right? No, exactly. But the ringing goes on so continuously um, that actually he starts to get kind of oral um, hallucinations so that he can like hear things that he shouldn't be able to hear so yeah it it maybe could have would have been a bit better if if maybe he hadn't pulled it so it went continuously um so yeah and and you know he he starts to be like shit am I gonna die here you know like it's it's it time is moving on but he can't tell how much time like it's it's getting really bad so no one knows we don't know how long he's been in there. Yeah, at that point we don't know, and and, and he doesn't point, know. He doesn't know, so he's it's it's getting bad. Hmm. Um. So eventually he he starts to be like, oh, there's the escape hatch on the top of this elevator. Maybe I can climb out. And uh, yeah, he tries but it's it's screwed in from the outside because it's it's not very safe to actually use those things because if you try to climb out of an elevator to the top you can you know be crushed as the 
uh, counterweight sort of moves and things like that. Like basically being on top of the elevator is not a very safe place to be. So those uh, escape hatches are only designed to be opened from the outside by people rescuing you rather than letting you out and attempting to shimmy anywhere because like you would just fuck yourself up. Like, like don't, don't climb out the hatch. Don't climb out the hatch. It's not, right. it's not a good idea. Now, he, you know, he wasn't phobic, but he wasn't fond of elevators. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Is yeah, anyone? And he was getting less fond as time went on. Um, so he, he's like, well, nobody seems to be coming to get me. So I guess I'm going to smoke a cigarette. He'd been holding off because he didn't want to get in trouble for smoking in the elevator, but he's stressed out. So he's going to start smoking. Um, mm. And... I wouldn't want to do that in a tiny confined space. No, I wouldn't either. But but that's that's what he's feeling. Like he's stressed out. Obviously, he's going to want to do the thing that's going to make him feel a little bit less stressed. Mm. Um, and he's starting to think, I'm going to be here all all weekend, possibly even all week. Um, like he he's not heard anything. Like he's imagining them opening the doors 10 days later and finding him dead like a cockroach Aww. yeah so he's 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 smoking all the cigarettes was it on a friday yeah it was friday night yeah oh. and he was working late yeah Shit. so at some point he decides to open the doors so he pried them apart and held them open with his foot at which point um, he is, he sees a cinder block wall and in the centre they're scrawled in chalk, in paint and in black um, were the number 13. Oh, uh, I mean, I know it's just the floor, but still. I know, I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine doing that? and seeing uh, that yeah fuck fuck that you'd think you're in a fucking horror film wouldn't you yeah so yeah so he's in an express elevator so there's no way that he could even even if he managed to climb out of this that he could get out at any like you know like if he was on i don't know the 44th floor he might try and climb and and try to get out but like when you're on 13 you can't go up and you can't go down like you're <sighs> so express elevator just skips yeah so it, there's no doors yeah so it's literally a um a 39 floor shaft with no doors i don't think i've ever been in a building with an express elevator they're more in america because they're, they're for really tall tall skyscrapers yeah I don't think I've been in a building that tall. No. Perhaps not. We don't really have them. So he he tried shouting a bit. Um, but Standard. again, nothing. No response. No. Yeah, just nothing. Just nothing. This is before mobiles, right? Um, so it was in 1999. Oh, so. So I think he just didn't have it on him. Imagine not having your phone on you. Oh, <laughs> the real, the true, horror. the real horror. The horror. <laughs> uh, so he he then had to um, start peeing through the doors because um, bodily functions, and he didn't particularly want to just pee in there with himself. Yeah. So, but I mean, I so I suppose he would have had to be like really. Like holding it open with his foot, like, and then aiming through, and yeah, just trying not to let the doors crush your dick. <laughs> I assume. Don't move your foot. Yeah, that is not what you need on top of everything else. Is no, a crushed, you don't. Crushed oh peen. Oh my god. But maybe they would have heard his screams if he did that, because they would have been louder than the shitty little alarm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, guys. So he's he's desperate for attention he's tried the intercom he's even considered lighting matches and dropping them down the shaft no. to attract notice yet yeah, he didn't do it in the end good 
um, but he paced back and forth and he get this guys kept waving at the overhead camera do you mean like one of those little security cams in the elevator yeah yep. is it not is like there a no one there? fake one so it's not a fake one uh what it actually <laughs> the the security people didn't notice they they didn't notice he was trapped in the lift for what ended up being 41 hours oh jesus what's what do they do for their job <laughs> so there had been some work on the building um and and there had been people sort of in and out of like using the lifts uh, or like working on the lifts so the other elevators also had people in them working on them so mm. they just didn't notice that this man nicholas white had been in that elevator for 41 straight hours oh. over a shift change and had just been pacing back and forth, sitting down, peeing out the doors, smoking his cigarettes, desperately trying to get attention, waving at the cameras. That's too many hours. That's way too many hours. That's too many hours for them not to fucking notice. Mm. So, so yeah, he's, he's run out of ideas. And the way he was actually found, um, he's lying motionless on the floor, um, like face down on the floor. And then suddenly a voice is someone in there like over the intercom yes what are you doing in there and 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 so he he tries to explain to the voice on the intercom um that that he's not you know like he's just get me the fuck out of here yeah like just yeah like oh, the be... guy on the intercom's like assuming he's an intruder Lying down on the face first on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he's robbing something from yeah. that floor. Yeah, exactly. From from floor thirteen, where there isn't even a door into that elevator. <laughs> Stop stealing our amazing elevator stuff. Oh. So yeah, the elevator team, uh, maintenance team arrive. He asks for a beer. Um, because he's he's been like in there for a fucking long time. Forty-one hours. Yeah, so he, he doesn't want he, a glass of fucking water. No, he wanted a beer. Um, I get that. I get it. <laughs> so he he's finally released um, Sunday at four p.m. Um, and uh, and he you know felt a breeze in the elevator because it was moving. Yeah, um, it slowed again. The doors open. There's the lobby his friends were there and a couple security guards and they gave him a beer but he took a sip and he did not want it so so i think yeah he did want water yeah 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 after nearly two days yeah so he 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 went back up and got his jacket and he, no yeah <laughs> he went he back up in the he went back up and got his jacket. I don't know how he went back up and got his jacket, but he went and got his jacket. Um, and then he he never went to work at the magazine again. Oh, good. Yeah. I really thought you were going to say, and then he went to work the next no, day on the Monday no. morning. Well, so here's the thing. So he, like, didn't go back in. So eventually they had to, like, let him go. And then he filed a lawsuit for $25 million dollars against the building's management and maintenance company and that took four years but actually they settled for an amount that was actually quite a low number like hardly six figures um, i mean 25 million is that seems excessive yeah yeah Ooh, so but... he it, it was considerably lower than that um but yeah they never explained why the elevator stopped I guess they didn't know, like there could have been a power dip. Um, and uh, yeah, he 
he had a tough time. Yeah, I mean, I know we say that it's like 25 million is a lot, and it is a lot, but think of the damage that that could do in terms of, you know, just trauma, yeah, bad sleep, mental health, not being able to go in lifts ever again, which I think if you're in America is probably tricky because I do think that, you know, depending on where you are, there's a lot of skyscrapers and... Yeah, like, well, he, at, at the time yeah, of really this article... So this was in the New Yorker in 2014. So he was unemployed at that point. So I don't know if things have changed since then. But like the money, like the money that he did finally get was not really enough to like cover, I think, how he was kind of free falling because he he just kind of like he ended up losing his apartment and spent all his money. And what? Because he didn't want to go back to work. Yeah, well, I think because he tried to sue them for more than he could and maybe his lawyer wasn't very good and maybe he didn't make the right choices about how to come back to work or not come back to work or, you know, like all these different factors. But like, I feel like he should have got a lot like. Yeah. 40 hours stuck in a lift when there are supposed to be people whose job it actually is to, to watch it in the building. Yeah. Yeah. And that they actually were looking at the fucking camera. Oh, geez. So the the camera recorded it and you can actually see the footage on YouTube of him being stuck in the lift for 41 hours. Is he freaking out? Um, Yeah, at parts. I mean, I didn't watch that much because someone had re-edited it with like a bunch of music and I was like, ugh, can't be bothered. But um, <laughs> was it was it elevator music? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, like, trying to convey the emotion of the experience. And oh. I was like, I I could have just switched off the sound, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. I just turned it off. Uh, don't try to make me feel my feelings. I don't want them send them away i have enjoyed these trap stories but at the same time oh the thought of being trapped like any of them is just well well which one would you choose if you had to mm. atm baby barney barney give me that head give me that oh i'd, I'd like the toilet window please no sorry the shit window the you'd window like your shit. your face being hovered yeah. mere inches above the shame oh yes lovely <laughs> incredible i insist well what right, a... how is our artwork i did more of my i think i'm not using the wrong tool i don't know if i'm using the right tools i just did more of my carving into soap and it is very simplistic what, oh, mine you... is. is it a butt it is a butt there it is i put it in the wedding hour chat oh that's nice is it I mean, it is quite simple, but it looks like a posh soap. <laughs> rich. <Aww. laughs> yeah. My soap has carving on it. Rich. Ooh. I like. I really. I like yours. Did you carve a book? No. <laughs> carved no, an elevator. No, no, no. That's that's um uh uh, uh pattern weight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is, but the um, elevator is amazing. I thought you'd just done a book as well to be like, did, and while I'm here. Did you like carve out the square door bit or was is that just the shape of the soap? No, I carved it. Okay, good. Jesus. Well, then it's very impressive. Oh, I... oh no, it was a square soap. Sorry, I carved out the doors. The like door frame. Because you know, well, sometimes you can I get carved... soap that's like. Yeah, I carved out the middle. So oh. no, it, it was it was a square soap. I'm sorry. No, that's that's good. That's good enough for me. Okay, thank you. I did a traffic cone. Oh, oh that's adorable. That is really adorable. It looks like a tiny witch's hat. And still going to use it as soap. Excellent. Nice. Take that bad boy to work. I think you're going to struggle to get stuck in it, though. <laughs> it could get stuck in you. Giant looking at the oh. shape of it. Gross. Tiny soap butt plug. Oh, but okay. okay. Yeah. And on that note, what are we <laughs> talking about next week? 
what are we crafting next week? Let's do topic first. Topic. Sock, oh, sock yeah, hat. We always make it relevant. Yeah, sock hat, bag hat. Sock bag. Ooh, heists. Heists. Oh. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, okay. And uh, craft, crafty craft. What have we not done in a while? Oh, what about wire? Like, yeah, let's like do, yeah, we haven't done that for ages. Yeah, yeah, let's do wire. Let's do wires. Wow, that was um, just fun. I enjoyed this week. Yeah, that was good. I like, I like the variety of trapped stories. Yeah, 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 yeah that's good. And everyone survived, which is nice. It is nice. It is nice when when everyone survives. Uh, those are my favourite kind of movies, guys. When everyone lives. Yeah, yeah, are they agree. Except for the you know dickheads. Yeah, well they yeah. I they find it a bit of a cop out when everyone lives. Well, I mean, of course, of course it is. Of course it's a cop out. But everyone lives. Can you yeah. imagine? Like. Oh, just end every movie and we all just sail away on like a beautiful houseboat and everyone lives. Like And that song comes on. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Enya. No, yeah. no, I And then a I picture of my like some sort like, of eighties party song. Like we're all just like, Oh, what a feeling And we're all just dancing, it's great. And everyone dances together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh um, can we have can we have Venga and Boys? Then, and then we all the jump up with our fists in the air going, yeah. Oh, we've gone I do love a, I do love a fist in the air photo. Yeah, fist in the air. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I do. Cool. Um, today Better than good. a fist in the ass photo. There it was. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Let's, let's move on. Uh, hey, Nina, <laughs> if I want to find out all the information about our different stories, where am I even going to get that from? I mean, maybe listen to the podcast. No, check the oh, show no, notes. Fucking Google it. <laughs> Just Google trapped and weird, and you'll find all of our stories straight away. Probably yeah. top um, three, most likely. For real, sources are in the show notes because we just rip them from places on the internet. Yes, yeah. and we thank them for their hard, hard work. Yes, thank you, other people. Yeah. Um, if you want to suggest stuff for our topics or our crafts, we are always welcome for ideas. You can email us. We have an email that is weirdingout at gmail.com. Um, you can well, just find... like DM us. Yeah. Slide into our DMs. Joss. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things mm-hmm. that so we love you. so much um, <laughs> that are really good for your mental health. Yep. Um, yeah, be on them continuously. Talk mm. to us all the time. Tell us you love half. I um, am enjoying um, the the memes. I'm enjoying sharing lots of memes at the moment. So yeah, the memes are on point today. I did enjoy those. You're welcome. Um, so are we are are we our own audience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little insular podcast. We can call it indie. Don't call it insular. Just call it indie. Okay, cool. Grassroots, baby. That means it's cool and niche, right? Yeah, 100%. That's what, yeah, that's what we're going so, for. So, because we're so cool and niche, please share <laughs> share us. Share us so we can be cool and widespread. Niche. <laughs> and rate and review us, download us, subscribe us. You know what to do. I'm sure you listen to other things and watch YouTube videos. We need help from other people because we can't do it all, guys. Yeah. We can so only provide you with other people's content in an amusing format. Um, I think that's it then. Then all that's left to say is thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, weirdos. Spread out weird. Okay, love you, bye. That felt creepier than normal. Nice work, guys.